Genesis 2, 18-25. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18-25. to And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Welcome to The King is Coming. Welcome back to The King is Coming. This episode is titled The Shining Ones Part 2. Last time we started a series which was The Shining Ones Part 1 and that was subtitled Recognizing Bronze where we discussed things that people have misconstrued as the manifestation of the kingdom of God. In this episode we are going to be discussing union. The, the reason for that title will be made evident as we go further into the podcast. So this is The Shining Ones Part 2. Union, the shining ones, part two. Union. Before we proceed, first let's uh, do a recap of recognizing bronze, which was the shining ones, part one, which was the last time. So, and we discussed what the kingdom of God is not. So, briefly, let me just go through the four things we mentioned when not the kingdom of God. To to understand better, suggest you listen to that podcast. So, number one, the kingdom of God that has been manifested is not only a heavenly or spiritual kingdom. It number two, it is not only a physical kingdom. Number three, it is not a military or political kingdom. And number four, it is not the side effects of the kingdom. It is not the healing, the prosperity, and so on and so forth that we seek. Those are only side effects of the kingdom. Now, we ended the last episode using a verse that Jesus used after we went through the fact that Jesus rarely ever used the term the kingdom of God is. He usually used the term the kingdom of God is like is like so there was nothing he equated to the kingdom of god so that it creates a little bit of curiosity in us in what exactly does the kingdom of god look like but in the final uh, verse we used in that episode jesus finally said the kingdom of god is within you the kingdom of god is inside us uh, that was in luke 17 20 to 21 now when he asked he was asked by the pharisees when the kingdom of god would come he answered them and said the kingdom of god does not come with observation nor will they say see here or see there for indeed the kingdom of god is within you so jesus is saying the kingdom of god is not visible but it is within us but we know from other scriptures that the kingdom of god will appear but just in case 
we are not aware of those scriptures it is important we lay them out again so that we are sure we are all on the same footing as we discuss this issue so the first question we'll ask is is it necessary according to scripture that the kingdom of god must be manifested physically before the rapture and uh, there are so many scriptures on this but i've just chosen a few to touch on various aspects of this coming manifested kingdom which is going to be in our time and has begun to shake and remove the established kingdoms of the world as we know them so there are four areas i wanted to point out with scriptures that deals with the fact that this kingdom will appear before the rapture number one there is an establishment of a physical kingdom before the rapture there's going to be an establishment of a physical visible kingdom in daniel 244 he says and in the days of this king the god of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever when nebuchadnezzar had seen the image of various empires following him his own empire the medo persian the, the greek the the roman empire and finally the ten toes which every bible scholar knows is the european union in our days he saw them and at the end a stone came and destroyed them showing that on this earth there's going to be a manifestation of god's kingdom which will grow and take over everything number two the church becoming exactly like jesus before the rapture there's going to be a period where the church will look exactly like jesus did in ephesians 4 11 to 16 he says and he himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ till we all come to the measure of the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the son of god to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head christ from whom the whole family joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love this scripture is saying we have the fivefold ministry pastors evangelists prophets teachers apostles and they will keep building building us building us until we come to the unity of the faith to the knowledge of god to a perfect man he's saying the church will grow until it is a perfect man and to make us even clearer in verse 13 to make it the standard really clear in verse 13 he said that perfect man will be to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ the measurement the standard by which the church will be compared to a perfect man is not adam it's not adam before the fall he said this measurement of perfection is in accordance to christ so you see that the church will become exactly like christ and if we are wondering whether that's going to be post rapture he says that in 14 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men so we know men will still be playing tricks there will still be false doctrine. He talks about an cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. There will be deceitful plotting. All of this which do not exist when we cross over after the rapture. So on this side of eternity, we are going to see. We are going to see the church of God rise up in perfection. In exact measure of Jesus Christ. Number three evidences of we knowing that there's a glorious manifestation of the kingdom of god in a physical way number three 
performance of the greater works of Jesus. Jesus told us in John 14:12, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that he I do he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my father this does not need much of an explanation you just need to look around and see if you found any ministry who is consistently doing the works of Jesus where all the wheelchairs that attend the service are thrown out where bending the laws of physics walking on water and all various things that jesus did are being manifested as needed on a constant basis we have not yet seen that but we know that there is no healing in heaven so it is going to happen on this earth all those things that jesus did that look like magnificent things on earth in heaven are normal and therefore we know that before jesus comes to take take us home the church will be perfected the church will be to the full stature of jesus there will be a manifestation of the kingdom and we will be doing greater works of jesus the number four which is the focus of this podcast is the rise of the perfect bride of christ in ephesians 5 25 to 32 it says husbands love your wife just as jesus also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spots or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as the lord does the church for we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh this is a great mystery but i speak concerning christ and the church so this long passage again i mean i'm reading long passages because these are very important passages paul was admonishing husband and wives but at the end in verse 32 he started saying this is a great mystery the mystery is not the marriage the mystery is christ and the church in a podcast titled incubating glory we are talked about the fact that everything god creates is a reflection of who he is creation is supposed to teach us and reveal to us who god is paul told us in romans chapter 1 that no one has the excuse of saying god doesn't exist because the whole of creation tells us about god everything that god created is a reflection of him so there's a mystery of marriage there's a mystery of christ and the church which god created physically for us to see so that we begin to understand and appreciate that mystery and as paul was admonishing husband and wife he went back to the root which was the marriage and the joining of christ and the church now let's take a deep dive into this mystery of marriage this great mystery that paul talked about in ephesians 5 and it links us back to the verse the verses we read at the beginning of this podcast genesis 2 18 to 25 and we're going to take time to go through them those verses because there are some very very important things to pick out that it is possible we may have missed easily because of the arrangement of the discourse in those verses so uh Genesis 2, 18 to 25. I'll read and make comments as I read. Uh, Verse 18. And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So, God said, We are looking for a partner for Adam. We're looking for someone to partner with him to be a helper. But he was very specific in that he said comparable. A dog is a helper, but it's not comparable. A horse can help a man, but it's not comparable to him. 
So they were looking for a helper that was comparable to him. Then in verse 19, all of a sudden it seems as if that project was forgotten. And we get a summary of chapter 1 again because in chapter 1, the happenings of the first seven days were clearly stated for us to understand how God created everything. But in verse 19, he goes back, this is chapter 2, verse 19. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So from looking for a partner, now we're talking about naming creatures and talking about how they were created again. And you wonder why there's a disjointed uh, narrative. But when you go to 20 and you combine all three, then you begin to see something a bit deeper. Verse 20, so Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. So the verse 19 was a part of the process of looking for a helper comparable to him. Verse 19 was just saying that those things were created and as they were created in chapter 1, now Adam was, they were brought to Adam and Adam was looking at them. He would look, of course we don't know what names they were called in Hebrew or, well some people believe they were speaking Hebrew. We don't know what language Adam was speaking in the garden. But, you know, in scriptures, names are given to specify function, purpose, destiny. Names are not given as labels. I think uh, Thomas Aquinas, a Catholic philosopher, used to say language could either be labels or descriptive. That means you just label something that has no meaning. Just put, but in some languages, the names given to things describe the function of that thing. So when Adam looks at all those animals, he could perceive and discern their purpose, what they were, and he gave them names according to that, which is why probably God never changed any of the names he named them. But as he was also naming them and looking at their function, he was also seeing that their function was not comparable to him. So they went through all the animals, and for me, when I imagine it, I imagine it in a humorous way. Miss, I say uh, the chicken walks by, Adam looks at, mm, nah, it's not going to work. Uh, and they go through until they get to the ape family and they're looking at monkeys and gorillas and it's like, mm, maybe, maybe, no. So they go through all that. Then after that, it was realized that none of all the other creatures, all the other species could match Adam and be comparable to him. So then in 21, and the Lord caused the deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which God, the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. So God took Adam, and from his own species, brought out another form of him. He took Adam, who was probably a composite of masculine and feminine attributes in him i'm not talking about physically but in nature and did a differentiation so that adam was now split into two but now they could now have someone comparable to him someone of the same species as him so this is very very important in knowing what is going on in the church in the end times and how jesus is going to be manifested and then he goes on and says and we were both naked the man and his wife and we're not ashamed and from this, we can take many lessons. And let's begin to dissect and look through this as we begin to understand what the kingdom of God, 
which is going to which has already started will look like as it manifests physically so number one the bride must be of a similar species as a husband taken out of man flesh of flesh bone of bone the same way the church which is the bride of jesus is taken from jesus jesus did not die for angels Jesus did not die for the four living creatures. All the creatures in various galaxies that God created. He came on earth to die for, for man. God came from his God realm, came to man's realm. He took on our own form so that he would also be like us. Because the union has to be of people of the same species. But the species of man was already fallen. So when he died on the cross, he gave birth to us we were pulled out of him when he, uh, when the spear was put into his side and when we came forth we've been growing and growing and growing and it is time the time has come where the bride will be fully grown and be joined to her husband number two it takes a process to become one the product of all of man's age is that at the end we become one with him when jesus came he came he was before jesus came he was known as the word he was the word of god not jesus he was not man he was in the spirit realm in the god realm then he came down to earth became like one of us after he became like one of us he also pulled us so that we become like him and if you look into the trinity before jesus came the trinity was just all spirit now that jesus came and has gone back jesus himself now has flesh upon him jesus has morphed he is now different the bible said he was made perfect through the things he suffered he was not not as if god was not he was not perfect as the word but for the function of a husband to the church he had to come to earth to be perfected for that purpose to become a certain type of species and that species was not excluded to was not an exclusive attribute to him alone he also pulls the church up into the god realm so that in the ages to come it is almost as if inside the trinity there's also humanity in it which none of the angels and other creatures have this access to this is the great mystery the unionization of god and man where they become one separate but become one he said a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh point number two it takes a process to become one a process to become union number point number one is that a, the bride must be of similar species with her husband and jesus created a new species when he died and rose up again and then we the adopted children also take on that we become that species too and then we are now comparable to him and can become his bride point number two it takes a process to become one we must be in union with him in these end times this union includes spirit soul and body the church already has the spirit side down to to a t in first corinthians six seventeen, he says but he who is joined to the lord is one spirit with him the day we gave our lives to jesus to give our life to jesus to make him our lord and savior that was the day we were born again the bible says unless a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of god with the entrance into the species is the day we became born again the bible tells us in romans chapter 1 that jesus was declared to be the son of god by the resurrection from the dead by the resurrection from the dead when jesus rose up from the dead he became a new species which is also our own destiny to become that species but it takes time to be joined to him under the process of becoming one spirit 
Anyone who is the Lord has the same Holy Spirit in him. But then the Bible tells us in various places that the soul and the body are in different states that are not necessarily in conformity to where the Spirit is. In 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, For who has not the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Our destiny is to have the same mind as him. Our destiny is to be conformed to the image of Jesus. In Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But we have to renew our mind. We, we must be transformed as we renew our mind, we, so that we are not conformed to the world, but conformed to the image of God. If you see couples get married, the process of being union takes many years for the physical realm in the in uh, in the time of adam he saw the woman she was beautiful we know from the old testament that on any time a relationship is consummated that is when marriage is accepted when it is not like in our own modern times where people sleep around and make nothing of it when leah was forced on jacob and he slept with her without being aware who she was the next morning, he did not say, no, this, the documents are signed, I signed were for, for Rachel, not for Leah. So even though I slept with her, I'm not married to her. Everybody accepts the fact that once you are joined in the body, you are married. So he accepted her as, as a wife. And we also know that if in, in our, even in our own times, if you have a wedding ceremony, but the marriage is not consummated, no one, it is easily dissolved as the marriage not taking place because it was not consummated. So from our own perspective, it starts from the body. On wedding night, the couple consummates the marriage and they have a formal relationship accepted in heaven and on earth. Then, but it takes time for the soul to be conformed together. This is where many divorces happen. As both mind, both the, their minds do not agree. They are not in union. The wife begins to keep property away from the husband. Even before they marry, many people are so being programmed by the death that has entered into this world, by the sin nature, that people do prenuptial agreements in preparation for divorce, which is an aberration and an abomination in the sight of God because it does not reflect the personality of God, which is supposed to be the his creation. His creation is supposed to reflect him. So, so the soul over time must become conformed. And as Christians, once our spirit is conformed and we renew, what happens when our mind is fully conformed? Then we also know that the body, which is the third part, because we are tri tripartite, is also starts to be conformed. In scriptures, many people in the olden days have subjected themselves to terrible things, punishing their body, they hate their body, they have a hate relationship with the body because it's the body of sin. But that is not what scripture says. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So this end time is the convergence of a union between Jesus and us. Our spirit, by the grace of God, is already in union with him. Our soul, which is where many of us have problems, is not yet in union with him. Because many people are still in harlotry with the world. Even though they are married to Jesus, they still have fantasies about the world. They still want the things in the world. They want the popularity. They want the success. They want the glories of the world. It is like a man married to a wife and the wife is fantasizing about other men outside. 
fantasizing of intimacy with other men, fantasizing about the goods of those other men. Our mind is not yet conformed. But in this end of days, for the manifestation of God's kingdom physically, our mind must be 100% in union with Jesus until you, there is no separation of our thoughts from him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 16, it says we have the mind of Christ. It means we think the same mind. When you see couples who have been married for many years and have become unionized, you see them when they become one, that the wife can finish the husband's sentence. That before, when the, the, a child talks to a, a father about something, by the time the mother comes, without consulting each other, they are saying the same thing. That couple has entered into a complete union. And we must come into the same place where Jesus' thoughts are thoughts. It doesn't mean we don't have our own personality. But our personality has been so conformed until we like it. When they got married, the couple that has become, have become one together, they liked separate things. They liked, they, they, they were different in their attributes. But as they walked together and they agreed together, they conformed, their minds were conformed until they were extensions of each other. And finally, the parts we, which we hear very little about, which is the body. Many people conflate the body as a place of sin and they try to put it under. But we, and this end of days, something is going to happen to our body. This is what I saw in my own encounter, which I, which is clearly explained in a podcast titled Glory of Rapture. I was taken out of my body and given my transfigured body. I entered into it and it was a glorious experience. You can listen to that podcast to go through. But for the manifestation of the kingdom of God to happen physically. Because Jesus told us, he said, the kingdom of God is in us. That is in the spirit. And that kingdom grows, 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 and begins to take over the soul. It continues to grow, 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 grow. Then it takes over even our body. The minute our bodies become transfigured, we begin to see the manifestation of God's kingdom on the earth. Because the kingdom of God, like Jesus said, is not a place. He said it doesn't come by observation. You can't say it is over there because we are the kingdom. And if you go to uh, the Mount of Transfiguration and look at what transpired, in Mark 9, 1 to 2, he says, And he said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God present with power. This was the only place where Jesus was, even though he said it in, it was repeated in uh, other gospels, but it is the only discourse where Jesus was telling them, this is the kingdom of God. This is where he equated is. It wasn't like, he didn't say it is like, it is saying is, is. The kingdom of God will be physically manifested like the Mount of Transfiguration. Verse 2, he says, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a mountain apart by themselves and he was transfigured before them. Jesus was showing them that this is the kingdom of God manifested. Transfigured people, people who have been unionized with Jesus, people who have become, who are fused with Jesus, they have merged with him completely. You cannot separate them. You want to cut their hand, you are cutting Jesus' hand. Their thoughts are Jesus' thoughts. They are one with him. And at that point, they are fully configured into the same image of Jesus. At that point, the kingdom is ready to be manifested physically. And he says in Luke 9.29, that as he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered 
and his robe became white and glistening. As Jesus spent time with God, he was transfigured. As we spend time in intimacy with him, we are transfigured. He said his face was altered. And that face altering and body altering was so powerful, it affected his clothing. In Glory of Rapture podcast, I explain what I experienced. When I was given that body, it felt like every cell of me was so full of life. If I touch the stone, the stone will come alive and start praising God. There are people who are going to to walk intimately with God. They are already doing so and they are going to be transfigured and we will see the kingdom of God manifesting through them. The kingdom of God is not a place. The kingdom of God is not a political system. The kingdom of God is not money. The kingdom of God is the people of God bringing forth God into the physical realm. That is when the kingdom is, is being manifested physically. And that will have an effect on every part of life. Because if you remember the verse of Daniel 2.44, when he was talking about the God of heaven will set up a kingdom, he said that kingdom will not be left to other people. The people, the rulers that will rule in the time we are about to enter are the people of God who are fully transfigured. The sin nature has been swept out of them. They will not be greedy presidents. They will not be greedy governors. They will not think of themselves. They would have died to their own needs to get to the transfiguration process. Before, because before you can be transfigured, you have to go through a particular process. Even the disciples that saw it, Jesus said it multiple times. One, one scripture said, eight days before the transfiguration, he said, there are some standing here. He, in another place, he said it was six days, he said there are some standing here. So he probably told them multiple times, like saying, if you want to, you can see it. But only three people made themselves available just to even see it. But to experience it, there's more going to be a level of sacrifice, which means you will have to die to yourself die to your desires die to the love of this world die to the things of this world so that when you god says you know i give you the wealth of the world where god is going to transfer the wealth of the world to the church but he's not transferring to the church as we know it he's transferring it to transfigured people people that the kingdom will be given to and it will not be given to other people it will not be given to other species this species which is exactly the replica of the species of jesus will walk in holiness in perfection in love there has there is no greed there's no covetousness so that they rule with empathy they rule with love these are the people that will manifest that kingdom and once that kingdom takes place you know that light cannot be overcome by darkness it will gradually take over all of the world and push out all of the darkness the king is coming to manifest himself the king is coming for a people who are ready to receive him the people who are ready to build up his kingdom do you dare to look at other things are you going to be those who have the love of the world in them who the Bible calls a harlot. Those who are, their mind is in Jesus and the mind is in other things. John told us, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This death can only happen. This dying to self can only happen because of a sincere, deep, 
unimaginable love for God, love for God that pushes us to lay down our lives so that we live only for Him. And as we live for Him, He begins to manifest in our soul, in our soul, until the soul is exactly like His. Then the manifestation busts out in the physical realm. At that point, the sin in the flesh, the DNA of sin dies. In that transfiguration experience I saw, I was taken to see into my DNA and I saw liquid life swim out of it and envelope me so that every desire for evil, every every thought of anything negative dies. It dies. The Bible says the final enemy to be destroyed is death. And those people that are transfigured, they will not die. I say it and I say it again. They will not die. There are some standing here. There are some hearing me who will not die until the king comes. They will not die until the king uses them to set up his kingdom. They will not die until they see his glory. They will be moved from this earth physically into the throne room of the Father physically. Not just in the spirit. They will be carried because they have been transfigured. They have become like Jesus when he rose up on Transfiguration Sunday who was declared on that day to be the Son of God because he rose from the dead. Only dead men resurrect. If you do not die to yourself, you cannot transfigure and be resurrected. The King is coming. The King is coming. The King is coming for a glorified church. The King is coming to set up his glorious kingdom. The King is coming to raise up a glorious church. You have a choice now. You have a choice now. Like those disciples, there are some standing here. There are some hearing this. Who will see the King coming? Who will be transfigured because the King is coming? The King is coming. The King is coming. Glory, hallelujah. Our King is coming. For additional podcasts, visit secondkingscoming.com S-E-C-O-N-D Second Kings K-I-N-G-S Coming C-O-M-I-N-G dot com One word, no space. The email address is also secondkingscoming at gmail.com Same spelling as the website secondkingscoming at gmail.com Second Kings Coming